Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 you know what i'm saying like it could have been like easier and a lot of people have asked me like how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline this is the look ahead with scott seidenberg on vsin the sports betting network Scott Satterberg back here with you. It's The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. It's the final week of the first half of the NBA season, if you will, as the All-Star break is this weekend. And I got a feeling that this week teams are just kind of mailing it in. You know, you're looking uh, at the underdogs who dominated here. And last week, the favorites, man, it was overwhelming what the NBA favorites did over a week, a one-week stretch. But here on Monday, it was all about the underdogs. Five and four straight up, six and three against the spread. Upsets by the Thunder, who beat the Knicks as 10-point dogs. And upset by the Nets, who snapped an 11-game winning streak. And by the way, I told you that that trade was the best thing to happen to the Nets Yeah, Ben Simmons didn't play, and I don't know when he's going to play. But Seth Curry had a monster night. Andre Drummond had a big night. And the Nets, bye-bye Harden, best thing for them. They snapped their losing streak at 11 games. They beat the Kings. Uh, The Blazers were 11.5-point underdogs. They beat the Milwaukee Bucks. Granted, no Giannis, but still. And the Pelicans, they beat the Raptors as 3.5-point dogs and the Clippers as 6.5-point dogs beat the Warriors, the Magic were plus 11. They covered in a loss against the Nuggets. So NBA underdogs did very well here on Monday. And I wonder if this trend is going to continue as uh, we move into Tuesday and then go through the rest of this week leading up. uh, I believe Thursday is the last day of games before the All-Star break. Uh, Looking right now at the odds to be uh, the MVP, Joel Embiid's still your favorite at plus 150. But should he be the favorite? It's time to play a game of who wants to be an MVP. Who wants to be MVP NBA edition? And Joel Embiid is the favorite right now. And the 76ers are the fourth seed in the Eastern Conference at 34 and 22. And sure, if you look at the stats this season, Joel Embiid does lead the league with 29.5 points per game. 
No one's going to deny the season that he's having and the run that he had, what was it, a couple, month or so ago, where he went on this incredible scoring tear. Your second favorite is Nikola Jokic, followed by Giannis and Steph Curry. John Morant, who's having a tremendous season for the Grizzlies, and the Grizzlies have the third best record in the NBA at 40-18. and 18. And John Morant, a very nice season so far, averaging 26.4 points per game. But there is a player that's a little further down the list that in maybe a day, maybe two days, is going to find himself much higher. And that is a player who leads the NBA in fourth quarter scoring. And that's the clutch time, right? That's when your team needs you the most. 431 fourth quarter points this season. This player scored 19 of his 40 points in the fourth quarter on Monday night to help his team win and pull within a half a game of first place. This is a player who is fourth in the NBA in scoring, averaging 27.7 points per game. This is a player who has now had seven consecutive games with 30 points. That extends his career high. I'm talking about DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan is on an absolute tear right now. He had 40 points, 7 assists, 3 rebounds. He shot 67% from the field. In fact, DeMar DeRozan's numbers that he's putting up right now He's the first player for the Bulls to have a streak of seven consecutive 30-point games since Michael Jordan did it in 1996-1997. DeMar DeRozan also has shot 50% or more during this streak. And that matches only Wilt Chamberlain in NBA history. 35 points or more on 50% or more shooting in six straight games. DeMar DeRozan and Wilt Chamberlain. If DeMar DeRozan in his next game against the Sacramento Kings, has 35 points, shooting better than 50% from the field, he will pass Wilt Chamberlain and set that record. Chamberlain did that streak twice, by the way. We're talking about Wilt Chamberlain. But DeMar DeRozan is right now on DraftKings, and the line has moved, plus 4,000 to win the MVP. Here at Circa is at plus 5,000. 
it was at plus 5,000 on DraftKings before I started this show. It's now down to plus 4,000. Across town here in Vegas, you could find his odds even lower. And obviously, it's not a good thing. You want the higher payout, but people are starting to catch on to what DeRozan has done. And somebody tweeted out, it's um, IN Predict, which is a um, a NBA analytics uh, website. When it comes to win probability added, DeMar DeRozan leads the NBA 8.28 wins. The next highest player, Nikola Jokic at 5.34. The Chicago Bulls retweeted that tweet and said, time to have a conversation about this season's MVP race. Our very own Jonathan Von Tobel, senior NBA analyst, will join me coming up next segment. And he is talking about how DeMar DeRozan should be an MVP candidate, should be in the conversation. His last six games, 40 points on 67% from the field, 38 points on 50% from the field, 35 points on 64% from the field, 36 points on 68% from the field, 38 points on 59% from the field, 45 points on 60% from the field. Zach Levine, his teammate, tweeted out, MVP, DeMar DeRozan. This is something that more people will start to talk about, especially if he breaks Wilt Chamberlain's record on Wednesday night against Sacramento. The Bulls have won four straight. They're 37 and 21. That is the Second best record in the Eastern Conference. They're a half game behind the Miami Heat. Oh, and their odds to win the Eastern Conference are at plus 1,600. The Nets are your favorite, followed by the Bucks, then the Sixers, then the Heat, and then the Chicago Bulls. The odds to win the NBA Finals, Bulls are at plus 3,000. But DeMar DeRozan... With these numbers that he's putting up, he has to be in the MVP conversation. Especially when you consider where his team is in the standings and where they could possibly finish in the standings. You're not going to give, you know, I'm not going to, I shouldn't say that. Shouldn't just be based on record, but. You have to believe that there is a correlation to team success and the individual MVP. You know, they say best player, best team, things like that. But, you know, you have to really look at what the team is doing, acknowledge what they're doing. This is a team that could be the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, and this player is putting up off-the-charts numbers. 
Again, DeMar DeRozan up on DraftKings plus 4,000 to be the MVP. And I can guarantee you, especially after Wednesday, those odds will significantly decrease. Jonathan Von Tobel, JVT, our senior NBA analyst, host of The Edge here on the network, will join me coming up next. I'm sure he's going to echo these same thoughts, and uh, he'll tell you why. DeMar DeRozan should absolutely be in the MVP conversation. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. VEASAN has a great new offer that can only be described as madness. You get VEASAN all access to everything we do from now through the College Basketball Championship on April 4th for only $29. Sign up now and get our daily best bets emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. This deal only happens once a year, so don't miss out. Visit VEASAN.com slash madness to sign up today. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It's The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Joined now by the host of The Edge Monday through Friday here on the network and our senior NBA analyst. He is Jonathan Von Tobel at MeJVT on Twitter. And JVT, before we get into the NBA, uh, just your final thoughts on the Super Bowl. Uh, did the best team win and did the right MVP candidate win the award? Yeah, I think the right team won. You know, honestly, so I Scott had um I had an MVP ticket on Odell Beckham Jr. twenty five. So did I. It, you know, it looked like he he got off to a really good start. It looked like he was giving to the focal point of the offense, and frankly, it looked like they were going to run circles around him before he went down. Um, so no, I, I thought the best team won. I thought once the injuries took hold in that receiving room, right, not only Odell Beckham Jr. but a tight end for them too, uh, the offense kind of hit neutral. But uh, Odell Beckham, or excuse me. Um, Joe Burrow wasn't really good yesterday, and that offensive line was pretty bad, too. So, ultimately, I think the right team won. Yeah, and I think the score could have been a lot worse. Obviously, the 75-yard yep. touchdown that should have been called back and the Jamar Chase uh, absolutely inhuman catch that led to the Bengals' touchdown. So, uh, yeah, congratulations to the Rams, and and now we turn our attention to 2022-23 uh, season. Uh, but speaking of MVPs, let's go from the Super Bowl MVP, Cooper Cup, to the NBA Most Valuable Player. Uh, I saw you tweeting about this. I just talked about it last segment. DeMar DeRozan has now tied Wilt Chamberlain with six straight games of 30 or more points, shooting at least 50% from the field. Why is this guy not being discussed among the top MVP candidates? 
You know, I don't know. Like, I think he kind of is like, you know, we always do this, right? Like, this guy should be talked about. It's a long season, right? And there was actually a stretch in which DeRozan was up there. In fact, I think like almost two months ago, I wrote about him in Point Spread Weekly as an MVP candidate. I have a ticket on him at 66 to 1 to do so. Uh, and, you know, and then after that, you know, you get to the ebbs and the flows of the season. He's still doing pretty well, and the Bulls are still near the top. But, you know, you don't talk about him every single night. But this stretch of games that he has been on has been absolutely incredible. You mentioned it, right? Uh, Michael Jordan. Never did that. We're talking about 40 points on 67%, 38 on 50, 35 on 64, 36 <laughs> on 68, 38 on 59, 45 on 60, right? Uh, that's incredible. It's a Bulls record. And like I said, Jordan has never done it. If you go, if you want to go advanced metrics, how about this? Win probability added leaders for the 2021-2022 season. Uh, Barton Rosen, 8.2% added. Nikola Jokic, second, 5.3. He is like far and above better than the field at this point right now in terms of win probability added. So, Look, he deserves to be this. I, I think I tweeted out something along the lines of, like, however you want to cut it, he is one of the best five players in the NBA this season. But the odds don't represent that. So to me, if you haven't bet DeMar DeRozan uh, to win MVP, if you can still get him in that range of 45 to 1, which I believe he's still out there, that was before this game tonight against the San Antonio Spurs, that's worth it. If he's if he's not among the top five in terms of the odds, then there's value there because he should be. I think DraftKings had uh, Devin Booker ahead of him in terms of MVP yep. odds to be this ridiculous. Uh, DeMar DeRozan has a much stronger case than Devin Booker does at this point for MVP. So it gives you an idea of, I think, the value that could still be in that number. How about the outlook for the Chicago Bulls team as they are now a half game out of first place in the Eastern Conference? Uh, I mean, big picture, I don't really love it. I, you, so you want, obviously, Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso to come back, right? Because even today against San Antonio, you know, San Antonio, it was kind of a... We'll call it a rough beat, not exactly a bad beat, but San Antonio was covering that entire game until late into the fourth quarter. And when the Bulls started to pull away, you know, their defense still has some issues, Chicago, without those two out there on the floor. So I don't think they're like a true threat to win a title, but like win a series, maybe two and find themselves in an Eastern Conference final if the bracket breaks properly. Uh, that's absolutely in the, in the cards because they're going to get healthy before the postseason starts. But their bench really isn't that good. They're in the bottom 20s in terms of bench scoring. Even when Lonzo and Alex Caruso come back, that's not fixing itself, right? Caruso's not a scorer and Lonzo's a starter. So I still think there's some pretty big flaws with this team. But, you know, win a playoff series or two. But if you're telling me pick like five teams to win the NBA Finals, I don't think they'd make my top five. Sticking in the East, uh, JVT, uh, your reaction to the Nets trade with the 76ers, uh, James Harden for Ben Simmons and company. What did you make of that move? Yeah, I, I was surprised that it happened before the season ended. You know, I thought it was going to happen in the offseason just because, you know, Philly, and I think that you kind of saw in terms of what they shipped off there with the uh, the draft capital that they sent over, you know, Philly was the one that really needed to make this one happen, right? Like, they're the one with the window that you're talking about, Joel Embiid and an MVP-type season and an Eastern Conference that seems somewhat wide open. You know, they were pressed, I think, to make this deal, and ultimately they did. So, look, I think what is lost, Scott, which is really important here, we we cannot forget that James Harden is still a very good player, right? Mm -hmm. You know, last year I, I was in the middle of the James Harden for MVP campaign before he went down with a hamstring injury. He was a legitimate MVP candidate through the first 40-ish games of the season. He was absolutely incredible. So I, I would hesitate. There's been a lot of Harden's done. He's cooked. I would hesitate on doing that right now. Let's see what he looks like when he comes back. These two, in terms of their game, seem to fit like puzzle pieces perfectly well. I wonder what it's going to be like on defense and how they're going to play that. But I think... It, it, this all depends on how Harden comes out, and especially when he recovers from this injury after the All-Star break. But I tend to still think that he's going to be one of the better players in the NBA, and this is going to be a pretty good deal for Philly. I think it's a great deal for the Nets, if we're being honest. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I think it's addition by subtraction 
Um, not a big fan of James Harden or his fit there with the Brooklyn Nets. And look at what you just saw here on Monday night. You know, Seth Curry contributes and, and Andre Drummond has a decent game and they snap their losing streak. I mean, this is a Nets team that you looked at the, the, this roster tonight. This is not a team that should be even in consideration to, to, to make the playoffs, let alone be an NBA Finals favorite. But lo and behold, the guys perform, they snap their losing streak, and once they do get Ben Simmons, and especially Kevin Durant coming back, I think this team is going to make a run. Oh, yeah, I, like, I like the fit. Like, I think it, this has the potential to work for both sides, right? Like, if, if Harden comes out and he's his old self, it works out for Philly and for Brooklyn, but you've hit on it. And especially if, you know, the rumors were out there last week that the, the vaccine mandate was yeah. about to get lifted. And if that happens, and then Kevin Durant comes back after the All-Star break, and then Ben Simmons is back within two weeks, you know, this Brooklyn Nets team takes a whole different form. You know, the, the Westgate Superbook, actually, when the trade deadline went down, they moved to 10-1, to 1, and I actually I started to get dressed because I was like, I got to go down to Westgate, bet that. <laughs> Brooklyn Nets. And, and that moved, and now it's about 8-1 to 1 or a little bit less than that. But I think, look, when you, when you look at this from Brooklyn's perspective, if Ben Simmons is your third best player and he's still an all-defense caliber type of guy, Oh, that's going to be great. Like, imagine in transition when you have a lineup of Patty Mills, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and then, of course, Ben Simmons leading the charge out there in the fast break. Like, who in the world is going to take care of that? Who's snuffing that out? No, it's, it, it would look really good when they're actually fully healthy. And where Seth Curry really helps is with the, you know, with the absence of Joe Harris. I mean, they needed an outside shooter. And so, you know, he could provide the, that spark from three-point range that they've been missing without Joe Harris. And, and really quickly, it, with the sneaky part of that deal, getting Andre Drummond because they did not have a single center to match up with Joel Embiid, and mm. now they do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Lamarcus Aldridge not uh, was not 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 exactly getting the job done there. Um, let's talk about just the overall now Western Conference Warriors here. Uh, you know, losing to the Clippers, it is what it is. This is a Warriors team that's not at full strength right now. But when it comes down to the Western Conference. There's going to be a lot of love for the Golden State Warriors, but it's the Suns' conference to lose, right? Oh yeah, I mean, look, so I got the I've got them at seven to one win the NBA Finals. So uh, you're preaching to the choir if we're going to go with pro Suns here. But look, like the Warriors, we can make excuses, but like, oh man, you know, it's getting close to the All Star break. This is another quizzical performance from this team, right? They, they lose this game to the Clippers uh, over the weekend. They fight tooth and nail with the Los Angeles Lakers and barely get by them. They lose to the New York Knicks as nine-point favorites. They get blown out by the Jazz in the game before that. And even during that winning streak that they had, I think they had won, I think it was a nine straight or 11 or something in that range. They only covered five of them. Like, they weren't covering games either. So, I look, this Warriors team, I think, is pretty flawed. And, you know, Draymond Green being hurt doesn't really help them. But this is a team that is lacking for offensive creation outside of Steph Curry. With Draymond Green back, that really helps. They're still a good defensive team with or without Draymond Green. But this is, I think, in the grand scheme of things, when you're talking about competing for an NBA Finals uh, title, this is a flawed team, and you're starting to see that. And these last four games, I think, were pretty troubling. You shouldn't be losing the games that you are and barely getting by the Los Angeles Lakers, a team that is right now, what, the ninth seed in the Western Conference? It's not a good sign for Golden State. How's our Triple J watch going? It's good. Hey, stat, I was talking about this with Ian McDonald, the VEASAN listener and contributor. Um, status quo, and that's always a good thing. Rudy Gobert <laughs> did come back today, though, so that's something to yep. watch out for because Gobert's back and he's fully healthy. They only have one game until the All-Star break, the Jazz do, so we'll see if he plays again. But that's the one thing to watch. As Draymond Green continues to sit with Gobert back, uh, now it, it gets a little bit more intense, but status quo is always a good thing. The Grizzlies continue to throttle teams and play really good defense. They're so much fun to watch. JVT, oh, yeah. appreciate the conversation as always, and we'll look forward to doing it again soon. 
Good talk to you, buddy. Thanks. There's Jonathan Von Tobel, uh, host of The Edge here on the network Monday through Friday, and of course, our senior NBA analyst. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Can we find any value in the futures market in the NBA? Uh, is there anything to this week being a little bit of a lull week because it's the final games before the All Star break? Take a look at the schedule and the odds coming up next. It's the look ahead here on VSIN. VSIN, the sports betting network. Our own Brent Musburger sat down with the legendary sports better Billy Walters for only his second public interview. The full hour of this exclusive interview with one of the most feared sports bettors of our time is currently available on vcin.com. Watch the full interview for free right now, only on vcin.com. Scott Satterberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. Let's take a look at some of the odds here in the futures market in the NBA for the conference winners. In the Eastern Conference, the Brooklyn Nets are at plus 195, despite the fact that the Brooklyn Nets are currently the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference. But they made the trade. I think they got better. If the vaccine mandate is lifted in New York City, which it could actually happen, uh, Kyrie will be available for all their games, not just road games. And, of course, Kevin Durant coming back from his injury. Makes the Brooklyn Nets a formidable uh, opponent down the stretch. Uh, you have the Milwaukee Bucks at plus 330 as your second favorite. Right now, the Bucks are currently in possession of the five seed. And then you have the 76ers plus 330, the Miami Heat plus 550, the Chicago Bulls plus 1600. We've talked about the Miami Heat here before on this program. Love the way that team is constructed. Uh, this is a team that has won seven of their last ten games. They're thirty-seven and twenty-one. They're a, they're a thir- excuse me thirty-seven and twenty, the best record in the Eastern Conference, the fourth best record in the entire NBA. The Bulls are just a half game back of them, though. Bulls are thirty-seven and twenty-one. The Cavaliers, who have won seven of their last ten as well are 35-22. and 22. They are the three seed right now in the East. The Cavaliers to win the East is at plus 2,500. That would be something. Cap off and just what an incredible season that they have had. In the West, it's the Suns' conference to lose. They're the best team. They're the best team in the NBA. 46-10 and 10 right now. They've won nine of their last ten. Five straight wins. Uh, this team is, it's its its their conference to lose. And the Golden State Warriors, yeah, when they get healthy, they're a dangerous team. They're 42-16 and 16 right now. They are your second favorite in the West. The Jazz are your third favorite. But the fourth favorite are the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis is plus 1,100 to win the West. Memphis right now, 40-18, third best record in the NBA. They've won eight of their last ten, five straight wins. This is 
an exciting team to watch. They have an MVP candidate in John Morant. They have the Defensive Player of the Year in Jaron Jackson Jr. They have a potential Coach of the Year in Taylor Jenkins. This team, I think, could be worth a little bit of a sprinkle. But again, if, if with the Phoenix Suns standing in their way, kind of hard to place that bet. But it's a fun team, and it's a fun team to certainly place a little bit of a future on. But the Phoenix Suns, to me, are the team to beat. And they're the best team. And when it comes down to a seven-game series, I just don't know who's beating them four games. I really don't. This team is just really, really good. Let's take a look at now what's going on with the schedule. As I mentioned, this is the last week before the All-Star break. And maybe some teams are just mentally checked out. Last week, the favorites dominated. So far here on Monday, it's been all about the underdogs. And could it be just, you know, a little Super Bowl hangover? Everyone was hanging out, watching the Super Bowl yesterday. You know, it was just two games in the NBA on Sunday. So everyone's watching the Super Bowl, and then now it's like, Trade deadlines passed, you know, trying to integrate your players. And everyone's just kind of looking forward to uh, the All-Star break. Like, just thinking, all right, you know, let, let's let's go ahead and let's, uh, let's get to the All-Star game already, right? Let's get to the weekend. Let's find out what's going on. And later on this week, once we get some available odds, we'll talk about the three-point contest and the dunk contest. Have a little fun with that as uh, NBA All-Star Saturday night this, uh, this coming weekend in Cleveland. Dogs ruled here on Monday. Will the trend continue on Tuesday? Here's your schedule. The Cavaliers are at the Hawks. Cleveland is a one-and-a-half-point favorite. The Mavericks are at the Heat, Miami. A two-and-a-half-point favorite. Celtics are at the Sixers, where Boston is a one-point favorite. No James Harden for for, uh, Philly, as he's going to be out until after the All-Star break. You have the Bucs hosting the Pacers. Milwaukee just lost to the Blazers here on Monday. Giannis did not play in that game. Milwaukee is an 11-point favorite against the Pacers. The Grizzlies will be at the Pelicans. And Memphis is a three and a half point favorite on the road. This Pelicans team is feisty. The CJ McCollum trade was very big for them. They just beat the Raptors. And watch out. I mean, this Pelicans team could be a team that is one to look out for, especially if Zion comes back. But The fact that they're playing the second night of a back-to-back and you have to go up against such a high-energy team like the Memphis Grizzlies, I just don't love the spot for the Pelicans. Uh, Hornets are at the Timberwolves. Minnesota is six-and-a-half-point favorites. And then the Suns are 12-and-a-half-point favorites over the Clippers, L.A. playing the second out of a back-to-back as they defeated the Warriors here on 
Monday night. Taking a look, we know that the favorites have done so well leading up until Monday. And if we're looking at the favorites, yeah, I mean, I like the Suns to win. Obviously, they win every game. I like the Bucks to bounce back from their loss, and I expect them to win against the Pacers. And I like the Grizzlies. Again, like I said, I don't like the spot for New Orleans. This is not a knock against New Orleans. I think New Orleans has been great. But I just don't like the spot for them second out of a back-to-back against such a high-energy team in the Memphis Grizzlies. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up about mm, uh, 10 minutes or so, we'll be joined by uh, Greg Hoops-Peterson. Uh, host of the Greg Peterson Experience here on VSIN, and of course, our resident college basketball guru, Coast to Coast Hoops, is the podcast. We'll talk everything college basketball. There was one top 25 game on Monday, number six, Kansas, a 76 62 win over Oklahoma State. A lot more games coming up here on Tuesday, including a big one in the SEC. I think that's the second game of an ESPN doubleheader. Yes. So there's it's an ESPN doubleheader. The first game is Duke at home against Wake Forest. Duke is 10.5-point favorites. And uh, the Dukies have won two straight after losing that game to Virginia. The last time they played Wake Forest uh, earlier, it was at Wake Forest, they won 76-64. So the Dukies are laying uh, 10.5 at home against Wake Forest. The second game of that doubleheader is the big game in the SEC. Number four, Kentucky at number 16, Tennessee. And Tennessee is a one-point favorite at home. You also have a big game in the Big East as number 10, Villanova, is at number eight, Providence. And Villanova is a four and a half point road favorite. Uh, these two teams played. When did they play earlier? Um, thought I saw that. Uh, let's see. Villanova. No, this is the first matchup. They'll play each other again, the final game of the regular season prior to the conference tournament. So, first matchup between those two teams. So, those are your top 25 matchups, but there's a bunch of top 25 teams in action on Tuesday, including number 19, Michigan State at Penn State. You have number 20, Texas at Oklahoma. Number 18, Ohio State at home against Minnesota. Number 15, Wisconsin at Indiana. Number 22, Wyoming at New Mexico. Wyoming a five and a half point favorite. And number 23, Arkansas at Missouri. We'll ask Greg Hoops Peterson about all of these games and uh, which ones stand out, which numbers are off according to his handicap. And maybe take a look at the futures market. It's very hard to kind of look at the NCAA tournament as a whole, but conference tournaments could be an interesting way to bet on some futures. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? 
backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you're looking for more sports betting discussion around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of podcasts, Coast to Coast Hoops is available on vsin.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hosted by Greg Peterson, host of the Greg Peterson Experience here on the VSIN Network. And Hoops, uh, let's talk some college basketball. And right now, I know you're doing a lot of handicapping. You're watching all these games, of course. What teams, and maybe just give me like two or three, that are really trending upwards right now that are on your radar? I would say Kentucky is certainly one of them. They are getting, obviously, the love in the poll, being a top-five team, but... I really love the way that this team is playing. Oscar Shibwe getting 15 rebounds per game is absolutely ridiculous. Now, the one thing you want to be noting is that Ty Ty Washington has been going through some injuries in recent weeks, but certainly this is a Kentucky team that I think has the goods to be able to make a Final Four run if things wind up being able to break their way. So that's a team that I really look at, and I like what I'm seeing out of them. And then if you want to take a little bit more of a look at a mid-major, South Dakota State is a team that I think is probably going to get something like a 13 seed in the NCAA tournament. And I think that they're going to be able to run roughshod in the Summit League tournament. And I do think that they make the NCAA tournament. And they're a team that they rank in the top 15 with regards to points scored on a per-possession basis, lead all of college basketball in terms of three-point shooting percentage. They're a team that I really like as well. So I've been looking at those two teams. They're very fascinating. And when it comes to college basketball, a lot of this is a little bit more on a game-by-game sort of basis, but going to be really interesting to see what we get moving forward out of a lot of the middle teams out there in the Big East, because I think that it's very clear that Villanova and Providence, the two teams that we're going to be seeing on Tuesday, have separated themselves from the rest, but interested to see what we wind up getting out of your teams like St. John's, like a Marquette, even for lesser extent where you're going to be seeing out of UConn and Seton Hall moving forward as well. Well, you mentioned Kentucky. They are number four in the nation, and they have a tough conference battle at Tennessee where I'm seeing a line, Greg, at Tennessee minus one right now. What's your assessment on this matchup? I'm willing to lay up to two and a half here with Tennessee. I wind up hyping up Kentucky, and of course, I'm going to be betting against them <laughs> in this game. But to take a look at the Tennessee bunch, 
They have been dealing with a couple of ailments of their own, but they've got an ultimate Swiss Army knife guy in Josiah Jordan-James that I think is going to be an X factor. He's not a guy that necessarily does one thing great, but he gives you right around eight to nine points per game, six boards. He'll chip in there a block. He'll chip in there a steal per game. He's had double figures in each of the last five games for this team. You've seen John Fulkerson not be able to step up, and Josiah Jordan-James has been able to fill the void for him. Ty Ty Washington has been dealing with injuries, so that winds up hurting Kentucky a little bit. Now, you do have Kellen Grady, a guy that's able to shoot over 40% from three-point range for this Wildcats bunch, and Xavier Wheeler has been able to give out seven assists per game, but I fear that Wheeler is going to get into the tendencies that he wound up having at Georgia of trying to create a little bit too much, and he's going up against a Tennessee team that they generate over nine steals per game, one of the best teams in all college basketball. With that aspect, I think that Tennessee going to be able to turn defense into offense, generate those turnovers, and that's why I like them in the spot. Uh, well, that's going to be the second game of uh, the national double header up on ESPN. The first game is number nine, Duke at home against Wake Forest, with the Dukies laying ten and a half. Do the Blue Devils cover the big number? I don't think so. I like Wake Forest to be able to hang in this game. I want setting Wake Forest as an eight-point underdog. Going to be giving this one out for DK Nation, by the way. But with Wake Forest, they want to play against Duke the first time around losing by 12 points, and I think that it's going to be a little bit different in this game. Alondis Williams wound up having seven turnovers in that game. That is how many Duke wound up having in the first matchup, but Duke, they generate 11.8 turnovers per game among 358 D1 teams. They rank 271st in that aspect. Wake Forest likes to be able to pound the ball inside. They are third in the country in terms of two-point shooting percentage, and this is a Duke team that we have seen Wendell Moore tail off a little bit. Ever since the turn of the calendar to 2022, he's seen his points per game dropped from 17 per game down to more like 10.7 per contest. It's a Duke team that has been turning the ball over a little bit more as well. And unlike the first matchup, Demario Monsanto, the transfer from East Tennessee State, he is going to be good to go for Duke for Wake Forest in this game as well. Not saying that Wake Forest is going to be able to win this game outright, but I feel like the line should be closer to eight, so I'm willing to take double digits. Yeah, win, you know, just uh, just just maybe a Duke single-digit win, six, six, seven points or something Absolutely. like that. Uh, huge matchup in the Big East. It's the first of two matchups here down the stretch with Villanova and Providence. Villanova number 10, Providence number 8. The Wildcats, four-and-a-half-point road favorites. Do you agree with the line with the Wildcats as road favorites. I do agree with it. I'm seeing a couple fours out there as well, and I'd be willing to lay a four because I want to make it my line on this game four and a half myself, so I'm going to be looking at a little bit of line movement. If we wind up getting to five, that'll be my buy point on Providence, but Villanova's a team that they do the little things well. They're a team that they turn the ball over under 10 times per game, and they shoot over 83% at the free throw line. They lead all of college basketball. In terms of free throw shooting percentage, the turnovers per game, that is in the top 15 in all of college basketball. And for Providence, they're a team that they've been a little bit lucky this year. Now, there's the saying of you create your own luck, and I don't think that you can take anything away from Providence. There are some that say that Providence deserves to be a top 10 team. There are others that say that they're just really, really lucky. I'm somewhere in the middle on them. I think that this is a solid team with having stretchability with a guy like Anora Horkler. Gives you 10 points, 8 boards, shoots 40% from 3-point range. I just don't think that it's sustainable that you have a guy like Jared Bynum, who last year shot under 20% from 3-point range, shooting 47% from 3-point range. I think that you're going to see a little bit of regression there. I do think that that regression starts a little bit more in this game against Villanova. I think Villanova goes on the road, and I think that the four and a half number that we're seeing right now is correct. 
Let's talk about the Big Ten. You got three ranked teams in action here on Tuesday. Number 19, Michigan State at Penn State. You have Minnesota at number 18, Ohio State. Number 15, Wisconsin is at Indiana. Any of those three should be on upset alert here on Tuesday? I think the biggest one to be on upset alert is most likely going to be Michigan State since it is a little bit of a tricky game for them. I want to say them as a four-point favorite. It would not be an upset if Wisconsin winds up winning at Indiana, though, because I'm seeing Indiana is right around a three to three and a half point favorite, yeah. depending on where you're looking at. I do think that Indiana is going to be able to get it done. I'm willing to lay up to three and a half with them just because when it comes to with Wisconsin, you've seen Brad Davidson scoring single digits in each of the last three games. Johnny Davis was looking like the player of the year about two to three weeks ago. He has fallen off the table a little bit, has still been able to do a solid job of being able to give you rebounds, but that outside shooting has not necessarily been there, and he wound up having four turnovers in their loss against Rutgers. I don't really like the recent form of Wisconsin. Now they have to go up against an Indiana team that is 20th in the country in terms of points allowed on a per-possession basis. I mentioned it with the Michigan State versus Penn State game. If any of the three favorites in this game is most likely to go down, I would say Michigan State, but I do think that the injury to Greg Lee for Penn State, a guy that's able to give you right around five and a half to six boards per game, I think that that's going to be a little bit costly because you do have a Penn State team that they don't necessarily have the world's biggest rotation, but we just see it time and time again. Going on the road in the Big Ten is very difficult. If you're looking for the team that I think is least likely to be upset, that would be Ohio State. Now, I think that Minnesota has a chance to be able to cover a number of, say, 13, like we're seeing out a lot of places, but I don't think Ohio State loses this game outright. Wyoming, number 22 in the nation, 21-3, and three, Greg. They're going to New Mexico, a team that is four games under 500. This line is only at five and a half. Am, am I missing something? I don't think it's overly far off. I wound up saying this at six and a half personally. I'm willing to lay a five and a half with Wyoming. And I mean, bookmakers have just been downright disrespectful to Wyoming. <laughs> I have no idea why. You saw them on the road wind up getting steamed against them against Fresno State. All that late steam it meant absolutely nothing because not only does Fresno State not wind up covering the line, they don't wind up winning the game outright. So you wind up having that. You wind up having them get a little bit bet against when they wind up facing up against Colorado State. They were able to get the job done there. You saw them get bet against against Utah State. They got the job done once again. At some point, it's just one of those things where you wind up having insanity come into play. You're doing the same thing different times and you're expecting the same results. And well, I am not going to be betting against Wyoming unless we see a rather large line move. Hunter Maldonado, a six foot seven point guard that's able to give you 15 points, five boards, five assists. He has been absolutely terrific. Got guys like Drake Jeffries. They're able to bury three pointers. Now, I will say last time these two teams wound up playing, it was a two point game out there in Laramie. This is a improved New Mexico team, but I think Wyoming takes, takes care of business and they're able to cover this five and a half. Greg, no one better at breaking down college hoops. Appreciate the time. Always a pleasure, Scott. Thank you. There he is, Greg Hoops Peterson. Catch Coast to Coast Hoops on vcin.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Following Greg's plays here, I got Tennessee he likes, Wake Forest, Villanova, Indiana, and Wyoming. Uh, Some of the ones that we talked about that Greg is on based on the lines that he has set versus the lines that are actually out right now. This is The Look Ahead, right here on VSIN, the sports betting network.
Before you. Before you. Before you. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in, so you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.